You're listening to the Wellness Warrior Podcast. This podcast is for those of you who want to improve your mindset, radically transform your health, and get back more time to pursue what matters most to you. I'll be interviewing some of the most successful individuals, professionals, doctors, and even just normal everyday people who are sharing the message of hope, health, and wholeness. They're going to be integrating their own holistic health principles in their own life, which means we're going to be talking about organic food, essential oils, sustainability, regenerative farming, clean food, plant medicines, all of this great stuff. And on top of that, I'm going to be sharing health tips, workout tips, motivation, inspiration, and how to do all of this in college nonetheless. So you're going to walk away with actionable steps that are going to help you to solve your problems. If any of this sounds interesting to you, you're going to want to listen to this podcast right now. Let's get started with today's episode. Today's guest is integrative nutrition health coach and my good friend, Tori Blanca, who uses simple nutrition and natural practices to work on the root of all imbalances in the body, which is the gut. As you'll hear in our conversation today, Tori's own experience with a rare autoimmune disease and antibiotics that destroyed her gut microbiome sparked her passion to learn all there is to know about health and wellness and to help busy women like herself live a life full of energy, purpose, and balance. Among many other things, we talk about making a commitment to health, the manifestations of poor gut health, why coaches are important, health coaches specifically, and why you need one too, changing the healthcare system from the inside out, and tips for you to get your health back on track. Without further ado, Tori Blanca. Hello, Tori, and welcome to the Wellness Warrior podcast. I'm really excited to have you on here today. Thank you for having me on. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into your story and all the awesome stuff that you're doing, I like to first ask all of my guests, how do you define optimal health? And I love that you start out with this question. Optimal health to me, being confident in how you feel and how you're functioning, having energy throughout the entire day, and then not having to think twice about any like not so pleasant symptoms that pop up. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. Just trust your intuition and just do your thing, right? Don't look back. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. So I just want to dive in and hear your story then. So for those of you that don't know, Tori is an integrative nutrition coach who works with busy women to simplify health and nutrition so that just like she said, they can live with energy, purpose, and balance. Um, But in knowing you, this is kind of a fairly recent endeavor sort of, uh, or shift, I guess, that you've taken on. So I just want to know what's your story and what's led you on this path to where you are now. So my story is pretty recent, or this endeavor is pretty recent. Within the last two years, I had an experience where I had this crazy autoimmune disease diagnosis And that experience made me want to control every other aspect of my health that I could control. I had like crazy feelings of being like at peace, even while all this was happening, because I knew coming out the other end of it, like my life would be completely different. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, So can you tell me more about this autoimmune disease then? Um, so like, what was it? Um, let's just start there. What was this autoimmune disease? So the abbreviation for it is TTP. 
I actually had to, it's crazy because I have to Google the real scientific name of it every single time. And I do science. I study science. I don't know why I don't even have a connection to know the name of it, but it is thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. That is TTP, very rare. Um, it came on because I took a malaria preventing medication and I was one of the people that had the very like long list of side effects. The very last one was less than 1% of people. TTP was the side effect. So I got that. It pretty much made me bleed from like every part of me. I guess I'd say I had like blood freckles on my face and just giant hematomas on like my arms and my legs. Um, and nobody knew what was wrong. I was up at school. I went to go visit the nearest hospital. They tested my blood, of course. Why would they not? And my platelets were low. They assumed they needed to do platelet transfusions and they gave me one of those, told me to come back the next day. I came back and my platelets were even lower. So the platelets were not holding at all. Anything that they infused me with was just deteriorating almost instantly. So that's when they were calling other big hospitals like Dartmouth, Dartmouth Hitchcock, Mass Gen, like big name hospitals to get perspective on what these doctors thought it was. And one hospital saved my life, Brigham and Women's Hospital. The doctors are like, okay, we've had one case of this in the past. If we think that this is what we think it is, you can send her here and we will deal with it. And they shipped me off from New Hampshire down to Boston and everything followed. Wow, that's, that's great to hear. But so to jump back a little bit, um, what were your thoughts when you first had this popping up. I mean, it's not like you just walked in, you were, um, you didn't just like walk into the doctor's office with minor issues. I mean, you were, you said, like you said, you were bleeding all over. Um, so like, what was going on in your head at the time? The exact moment it happened. And this is going to be a, like a funny college story, a crazy college story, because I got very, very drunk off of almost zero alcohol. Like it was so strange. And I ended up throwing up within two hours and the entire thing was blood. That's graphic, definitely graphic. But that was the exact moment where I was like, whoa. And my friends who were around me were like, this is not normal. So I pretty much went to bed and didn't think anything of it woke up the next morning and had just blood under my skin everywhere and that's when it was concerning yeah that had to have been terrifying i can't even imagine that oh my goodness and so uh so then you went to the hospitals and they shipped you well first they tried those infusions right uh didn't really do too much for you and so they shipped you to boston is that right um and so what was happening there what was kind of the miracle for you the protocol at boston or maybe not protocol the treatment plan was not established like i said this was super rare 
super rare in general, but rare for them to see. So they pretty much got the lead hematologist at Brigham and Women's to come see me in the ER the second I got there. And they were like, this is what we think it is. We need to take, do this one test that one lab in Washington state handles to test for this disease out of the entire country. So that test takes three days for them to get a response back. So they were like, let's draw your blood and we're going to treat you as if we think it's TTP. And if it's not, it can't hurt because we're pretty much just replacing all the blood in your system. So from that moment forward, I had a central line put in my neck and I had blood transfusions twice a day for the next two weeks. And so was that the end of it then, or was there uh, more after that period of two weeks? Um, there was more, but it wasn't a prolonged treatment. So pretty much they had to dive back into the scientific literature and they put together a treatment plan based off of like clinical studies that were just done. It was, it was absolutely insane, but because I did science in school and I was like, okay, you can experiment with whatever. I don't really care. I trust the science. I see the articles you're showing me, like, let's go for it. Cause I can't do this on my own. So it was like a three pronged approach and they did the blood transfusions. They were giving me a steroid called prednisone to try to correct the autoimmune portion. My body was destroying my platelets to put it simply. Um, and then finally they were giving me a chemotherapy treatment called rituximab. And that was the thing that was prolonged after I left the hospital. So blood transfusion stopped after the two weeks. And then I had to keep going for chemo for like four months after while I was on the steroid. Gotcha. Gotcha. So at what point, so you had this whole experience, um, and now you're doing what you're doing now. How, what, how did this experience kind of play into that? Like what led you to wanting to become a nutrition coach and kind of look into like alternative health modalities, I guess you could call them. When I think about this, I'm kind of, I'm honestly surprised that my experience, well, I'm not surprised because I know who I am, but in general, I feel like somebody's experience like this would lead them to want to pursue medicine in a traditional sense because I went through traditional medicine treatments, mm -hmm. the chemo, the prescriptions, the, the whole thing. Um, but for me, it was the fact that my life was saved and I never want to relapse because I haven't had an issue with it since, but it's the type of thing where I ask my doctors, I'm like, when might this happen again? They go, eh, 50, 50, who knows? So I, knowing that fact, I literally control every other aspect of my health that I can in hopes that it prevents a relapse. And if that's the case that I do relapse, I literally know that none of it is my fault. None of it is in my control. And I did everything else that I could to control inflammation in my body, to keep my stress response low, keep my gut balanced, keep everything good. Even if that were to happen later. Yeah, that's, that's a really brave approach that you took there. I know a lot of people kind of tend to take the more victim mindset and they just say, oh, well, I'll just kind of see what happens, I guess. Um, so 
what did that kind of look like in terms of getting control of your health? Were you doing your own research? Um, like, how did you even know where to start with all of that? So I pretty much went right back to school. Like this plucked me from college and right out of the hospital, I went back up to college to get inducted into a national honor society, like straight from the hospital to this induction. Um, that was my first <laughs> revealing back on campus. Um, it, it took some getting used to because of the food that was provided at my school. I started having to make like kind of radical changes. I use radical in quotes because everyone at my school, it's just like pizza and chicken. And like the food is just very like greasy and not good. So I was like, just choosing now vegetables. I went vegan for a period of time because I thought that was the answer. Um, just experimenting with different things, honestly. I would say that after college is when I had the time to finally like do extensive research. But during the last like year of school, I was kind of taking it serious, understanding what healthy like meant, but not full blown into the, into the world I am now. Gotcha. Uh, was there anyone like guiding you through this or were you just doing this all on your own or was your family like supportive of kind of the changes that you were starting to make? Um, my dad was already vegan and he's like, believed for a while that that was like the end all be all diet and <laughs> just preached veganism for a while. So it wasn't the fact that like people were supportive or unsupportive. It was like my dad was just living like that. My mom was whatever. And I feel like our family, everyone's a very independent unit. So even if one of us does something, it really doesn't affect or trickle into anyone else's life even with the meals now it does now that I live at home again and it's just helped them start eating better because like if my mom were to cook I'd just be like I don't eat that I'm not eating that and she like got the idea of what that was and started making things that were just healthy because she knew what I ate which then transformed how she ate which then transformed how my brother ate but it's just because I was present in the house Gotcha. Yeah, understood. So you've gone through all this and where are you now? I mean, where are you now with your health and healing? Is this autoimmune condition, it's like in remission now, you're all good. Um, what's kind of the deal? Currently in remission, have no idea when it will come back. Could spring up tomorrow, could spring up 10 years from now. So I'm pretty much focusing on balancing my lifestyle in terms of everything, balancing my gut, detoxing off birth control, rebalancing my hormones, balancing like career and life and self-care practice. Yeah. Gotcha. And so what led you to IAN then just this curiosity and wanting to uh, learn more and help other people? In a couple of conversations that I had with my college mentor, she is actually the one that was like, you know, this program seems like something 
you'd be into. And even if you don't pursue health coaching, I think it will be very, very worth your time because of how much it will help you experiment and help you learn about what works for you and what else is just out there in general. I feel like IIN has been a great collective place where I've been introduced to most topics in the book and then chosen from there what I experiment with and what I'm into. Gotcha. That's yeah, very cool. Um, And so, yeah, now you're here, right? And you're kind of, you are taking on this coaching role, right? Is Yeah, I love it. I have a couple of clients that I have. They really are receptive to my protein, carb, fat trifecta. Like that's, that's what I simplify everything down to. I'm like carb, protein, fat. Remember, that's all you need for a balanced meal. And you have the foundation right there. So super receptive to it. And I like building off of that very basic foundation because nutrition doesn't have to be complicated in my eyes. I have no time to be like making all these beautiful Buddha bowls and acai bowls and making like cute avocado toast. I don't even know. I don't have time for it. Carb, protein, fat is the answer. There you go. I love that. As simple as possible. Nice. So we're definitely going to talk more about that uh, later down the line. But I just want to say, like, thank you for sharing that story with me in the audience, because that's really quite the journey you've had. And it's awesome that you've overcome that. So I think you should be really proud of yourself. So, you know, a lot of my listeners are trying to level up their own lives and their health just like you've done, um, but they might not know where to start. Um, Many of them haven't had these huge wake-up calls that you have had, um, and I think we want to keep it that way. So what tips or action steps would you tell people to kind of get the momentum going in terms of achieving their health goals? I think that sometimes people need an external factor to spark the intrinsic motivation. Like some people have it, some people need an extra push. And honestly, I think either picking a friend or like convincing a friend to do one thing with you, like let's try to meditate together maybe, or let's try to write in a journal together um, or hire a health coach. That's like a bigger commitment, I guess, but it's one of the most effective things. Honestly, you have time blocked off you have a person you can bounce ideas off of. You just need something external to give you a little little push. And then the practices keep coming from there. You get addicted to the feeling good from one thing, and then you're introduced to the next thing and it progresses. Yeah, that accountability aspect is huge. It's really everything when it comes to getting started uh, and starting small as well. So you also have your kind of slogan is health is a decision. Can you just talk about that a little more? And what does that mean to you? I think everything comes down to a choice and you either choose disease or you don't choose disease. And to me, it's that simple because it has been proven time and time again that the lifestyle and the behavior patterns of almost everyone in this country lead to a lot, a path of chronic disease that is 100% preventable. And it's 
all a choice. I totally understand that big pharma works with big food and they pump out advertising, but be resilient to the advertising, be resilient to being a consumer. And there's nothing pulling you to eat pizza over a salad. You're just conditioned for the more saturated, oily processed foods because you've chosen to eat them over and over and over. And I know some people who don't eat vegetables because they like don't like the texture. And my comment is like, grow up. Like, don't, I don't even understand what that excuse is or any excuse ever. I don't like vegetables. I don't like salads. Okay, choose disease. Just kind of called out my dad, but (laughs) that's okay. Won't eat green vegetables. Um, Anyways, yeah, but you're right. It absolutely is a choice and it's just making that commitment to making those right choices. Um, And that's why I think your kind of story is beautiful in the sense that you recognize that you have something that could potentially pop up at any moment, but you make the choice to control and use your choices to avoid that as much as possible. Um, And so speaking of choices, I want to talk about gut health a little bit and things that and the choices that fall in that realm. Um, Surprisingly, I haven't had any guests on my show who've talked about gut health yet, which is kind of crazy. So I'm pretty excited. So I just want to hear from you and make sure people listening hear it. How important is the gut when it comes to our health and like our mental health and our physical well-being? Just What role does the gut play in our lives? In a health journey and in a healing journey, I 100% believe that the gut is the most efficient place to start, the most effective place to start, because it's the root of almost all conditions. The bad bacteria that live in your gut and your gut imbalance contribute to acne, fatigue, depression, like stress levels, hormone levels, all of the above. So that's why I believe that simple nutrition to heal the gut is the best way to go because why wouldn't you just start at the source? Like the gut is the source and to heal the gut, you need to feed the body the right way. So they're beautifully hand in hand. So yeah, that's, they're directly related, the gut and your mental well-being, your overall physical well-being. And then in terms of like my life, I've seen a manifestation of a gut imbalance. I didn't know that that's what it was before I hired a coach and a naturopathic doctor. Then I was like, oh, I was suffering from acne because I was eating too much meat for my body, too much dairy for my body, too much sugar for my body. I was bloated all the time because I was not balancing meals and I was hungry all the time and craving things because my meals were too heavy carbohydrate, just small things like that. And the symptoms that I experienced, they were all rooted in the gut. And sure, I'm still dealing with some today because they're the aftermath of unrelated issues from the gut, like hormone imbalance, for example, still the root is the gut though. So just working hard at it over and over and over being consistent with what I'm eating is, is showing up as the answer. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's absolutely crazy that really, like you were saying, everything can be traced back to the gut in one way or another, especially um, more like brain related and mental stuff as well. Cause they say the gut is almost like the second brain, right? 
where all those signals, they're just your brain and your gut are talking back and forth and back and forth. Um, and just super important stuff. And I've definitely seen poor gut health manifest in my life as well, uh, without realizing it with my allergies, my mental state as well. Um, and even now that I've kind of moved past all that with my journey, um, sometimes when I make a poor choice, unfortunately, every once in a while, I'll feel that grogginess and I lose kind of motivation. It might show up in the bathroom too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, the gut stuff is just super, super important. What would you say some of the big offenders are that might be having like a negative effect on someone's gut health? Obviously, everyone is different and there's that bioindividuality portion of the puzzle. But are there some things that people should try to avoid as much as possible? Avoid sugar. Simple. Plain and simple. In the multiple sources and lectures and people I've followed, um, like practitioners out there, it's all one common issue. And it's that people eat too much sugar. And it's not sugar in terms of cake and cookies and like ice cream. It's sugar as in simple carbohydrates from bread and bagels and pasta and pizza crust and things like that. So all of those things, regardless of pure sugar versus a more disguised carbohydrate all breaks down in your body as sugar and sparks the same insulin response, which is the problem. Over time, you eat sugar and your blood sugar elevates and stays elevated. And then your body becomes resistant to insulin, the thing that clears your blood sugar. Right. So what would you tell people? So it's like cutting out sugar is like a huge thing to kind of tell people. Is there some steps or how can you simplify that for people to take like one action step? If the answer doesn't want to be, I'm cutting out sugar. If you don't want to cut out ice cream and your pasta and everything like that, then I just say, balance your meals, carbs, fat, protein. If you still want to eat pasta, make it a quarter of your plate rather than half of your plate. Balance out that quarter of carbohydrates with a quarter of meat, with a quarter of fat, with half a plate of veggies. If that's the case, you want to try to, I honestly just use the word dilute the effects that carbohydrates would have by incorporating better quality macronutrients, fat and protein. And so what are some examples of those better quality macronutrients? Avocado, olive oil, coconut oil, saute your veggies in any of those oils. Don't use canola oil. Don't use palm oil. Don't use soybean oil. Don't use vegetable oil. Those are poor quality oils that contribute to inflammation. Take it directly from the source. Avocado, coconut, olive oil. Proteins, high quality grass-fed meat. No hormones, no nitrates, no added antibiotics. That's the best you can do to prevent any accumulated toxins in the body. And good quality meats have good energy and you feel good. If the animals were raised well, you'll feel well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I really love that. Um, and it's true. Like the food you eat, you, you feel it. You just feel it. Everything is energy, right? You feel that energy inside you, whether it's the bad energy you're consuming or hopefully the good energy. Um, so yeah. So shifting gears into what you're doing now as an integrative nutrition coach, uh, I think the field of health coaching is, it's really pretty new still. And it's just starting to be recognized as like a legit kind of career option for people. Um, so a lot of people don't really know much about it or how it can help them. So in your opinion, why is it important for someone to get a health coach and what kind of things can a health coach help with? A health, a health coach can help with every element of health. There's primary food and secondary food. And anyone who's taken the IIN program knows exactly what those are. Primary food being a balance between career and finances, education, your home environment, your relationships, your nutrition, your physical activity, your spirituality. That almost covers all of it, I think. Um, so a health coach really provides the guidance and the tools for you to balance those areas. And the journey to health is intimidating and people don't know where to start. And a health coach gives you the starting point. And it's not just to provide you with information. It's to help synthesize the abundance of information out there and then help you apply it to your transformation and experiment in ways that work for you. The, the coach is just the, I don't know like, what analogy. Like the vehicle, maybe? The vehicle Thank for change. You. Thank you. The vehicle for change. Exactly. Taking everything out there that's way too much for any person starting out and giving you the tool and the place to start the next step to take and then helps you be accountable through all of those that follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that stuff is really incredibly powerful on a healing journey. So what's kind of your area? Is it these things that you just mentioned, or do you have like a specialty or specific like type of person that you work with? I like to think I work with women like myself. I am someone who's always been just very busy. And that's the only way I can put it. Just busy, hustling, working multiple jobs and doing school and doing extra things just because I like that lifestyle. But in that lifestyle, I recognized that I was on a cycle of burnout. So now that I'm here, I've understood the balance that's required and balance in terms of work-life balance and balance in terms of like food balance and gut balance, because I need energy to go through my day And that comes from feeding myself well, and it comes from my gut being balanced. That's what's going to give me energy. I don't want to deal with symptoms throughout the day as I'm trying to get all my stuff done. So why would I not want my body in balance? So specifically people who don't think that they have time to give to their health and don't have time to prioritize themselves. I offer the tools for that and I keep it simple because there's so much out there And I did the work to learn so I can simplify it down for them. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And so what's your like mission and kind of vision for the future for yourself? 
in terms of coaching or maybe if you plan on moving into a different area, um, what's, what's on the plate for future Tori? Coaching is the stepping stone for so much more to come. And I see myself coaching for a long time through the rest of my career process. But in general, I've even, I did a podcast with you. I'll say this. I did a podcast with you on your other podcast. And that was a couple weeks ago, even between then and now I've still changed my mind on what I'm doing because epiphanies just come to me and things just literally my eyes just open. And now I am going to med school, actual med school to be a doctor of osteopathic medicine because somebody said to me the other day that gave me the best epiphany ever. MDs and DOs are the only ones with the clout to change the system, literally. (laughs) And that is what did it for me. So to change the system and do the work I want to do and shift the current healthcare model to a functional medicine model and make functional medicine the gold standard and normalized as primary care, I need to be a DO. Got it. Infiltrate the system and change it from within. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that. Um, so you mentioned osteopathy. I'm actually not familiar with that. What is that? Um, a DO is the exact same thing as an MD, but they look at the body slightly more holistically because they go through, um, osteopathic manipulative therapy, which is like a hands-on component to heal the body. So even though I did not want to suffer through traditional medical models, that is the one, DO is the one that caters slightly towards my philosophy of holistic health. And I just need to do all the work to get the foundation and health coaching just piqued my interest even further because health coaching is functional medicine, but I can't give people lab tests. And so I want to be able to like observe people's bodies and levels and their true like physiological state to be able to recommend things rather than taking a more backseat approach and recommending things more generalized because you can't prescribe as a health coach. You can't like drill in on certain things that you think are wrong. Just, it's just not our place as a health coach. And I want to have that place. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I've kind of been thinking about and struggling through myself, um, but I still have yet to kind of pick my path um, with that. So you mentioned changing this, like our current healthcare system. What's your, what do you see and what do you want that healthcare system to look like in the future? Like, what's your ideal vision? Um, Like, what do you want that change to look like? I think for the first time I have a realistic view of what that could look like and a very feasible way that it could be, it could be changed. And that is primary care doctors 
should have a functional medicine outlook or a functional medicine mind. Every other specialty in the book, not all those are going to change. We need specialties. We need emergency medicine. We need hospitals. I went through that. I needed specialty and I needed hospital, but it's the primary care model that needs to shift. And that is where you're going to get people before they need a specialist. That's where you're going to get people before things are too late. And that is the first, a primary care practitioner is almost every time the first interaction somebody has with the healthcare system. So I hate the fact that that first person right now guides all patients into the healthcare model, the current healthcare model, rather than helps them steer clear of needing healthcare. Got it. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Where does your passion for all this come from? I hope my passion is coming across in the way that I'm talking. It, it is absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a little a little much, but I think it just comes from like my experience itself. I'd like to think I'm woke. I feel very woke, and I see the I see the light. I'm not going to say I see the light at the end of the tunnel because I don't think there's an end of the tunnel, but I see like something that could change and something that could shift. And even in my own circles, like I mentioned earlier, the presence of me living in my house again has shifted my mom's eating and my brother's eating and people who hang out with me like, no, okay. If Tori's here, why won't I ask her a question about what I'm eating? If she's here, why won't she have an input on what I just cooked for myself. And my friends are even like shifting their behaviors based off my Instagram content. And that's something that I had no idea until it randomly came up in conversation and they threw carbs, fat, protein right back at me. Like, it's just, it feels good. Um, and that just drives, that just drives the passion even further. Cause it validates for me every single time that I have found my purpose, I found my field, I found my hobby, I found my career path, and it's all related. It's all related. My hobby for loving acupuncture and addicted to buying supplements and everything like that, it's all related to health and wellness. Got it. Very cool. So I want to talk a little bit about because I know you're very much a science girl. You love all the science stuff. Um, so I want to talk about how that kind of plays into the more natural side of things too, the science and nature. I think there's kind of a fine balance between those two. Um, so I'm just curious, how do you see those? This might be a tough question, but how do you see like the science piece and the the nature and kind of the innate, um, just what we have inside of us kind of interconnecting? and like impacting human lives, if that makes sense. So science and nature, I don't see as opposing forces, first of all. I did at one point in time where I wanted to pursue naturopathy because I thought that was the answer, but they are not opposing forces. And I don't believe that in the slightest right now. I think one should come before the other. Nature should come before science to an extent. Um, but science is what I do and science is what I love. But in terms of healing the body and lifestyle conditions, like I was mentioning, science is helpful in finding the root cause in the lab tests, in the diagnostic tests, but should not like science should not be used to treat the root cause 
if possible. I know some people experience like, like thyroid problems are genetic, a big thing genetically sometimes. And sometimes people need to be on an acute, acute dose of medication to get their stuff leveled and then like tapered off of it. But that's the thing tapered off of it. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. So things should never be treated or healed quote, quote, by prescription medicine solely. That's where nature plays a role and nature equals food, lifestyle, stress management, all the above. Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) So as we sort of come to a close here, is there anywhere that you want to point the listeners to or where can we find out more about you and connect with you, learn about services you provide, um, stuff like that? Yes, you can check me out on Instagram at the well decision, the kind of space I've created on the internet. I've titled it the well decision. I like how it sounds. So check me out on Instagram there, pretty much share my life in simplifying health and wellness and just boiling things down, experimenting with new things that might pique someone's interest. So you can follow me on Instagram and then my website, thewelldecision.com same handle. I have a very, I'd say nice guide. It's called the simplified guide to heal your gut. Just three steps that kind of go in depth of things that I've talked about here. Plus, plus a few more. And that's a nice freebie on my, on my website that people can download. And my services are up there coming soon too. I haven't officially launched them, but you can check them out. I'm open to inquiries all the time. I just don't, I'm busy, like I said. So just teasing out, shoot me a message. I'll fill you out. You fill me out. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I'll put all the links down there so people can uh, click on those and see all that good stuff. So my last question, if you could give one piece of actionable advice or like some sort of quite like a deep question for the listeners to think about or like anything in between what's the one thing that you want to leave the listeners with today my final question is what decision will you make before it's too late boom (laughs) there you go All right, we'll just leave it at that. And everyone listening can just think about that. That's, I haven't had anyone give a question to think about on here. It's always been like actionable advice. So that was, and that's a big one to be the first one. So I love that. Um, Yeah, fantastic. Well, all right. Thank you so much for coming on, Tori. I think that's going to wrap up the show today, but it was seriously a blessing to talk to you. And thank you so much for having me. Always a good time chatting with you. Of course. This has been your host, Jacob Keneally. Hello, wellness warriors. You've made it to the end of the episode, which is extremely rare in today's society of digital distraction. I know we're all super busy creating our optimal lives, so I'm so grateful that you spent this time with me and my guest today. If you'd like to connect with me, please reach out on my website, jacobkeneally.com. And if you found something of value, I'd highly, highly appreciate it if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps so much to get the word out there. And you can find that at the very bottom of all my episodes. You just click the button that says tap to rate and leave a review. 
that would seriously mean the world to me. Until next time, stay well, stay healthy, and thrive.